It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Barrick BMW has a range of re-owned vehicles ready for immediate delivery. BarrickBMW.com.au. Robot Building Supplies. Robots got it. And deliver. RobotBuildingSupplies.com.au. Sonos. Game-changing sound this festive season. Save now on ready-made speaker sets. The Run Home. With Andy and Gazy. Uh, not quite not quite Andy and Gazy. They're both on uh, holidays. So Josh Jenkins filling in again. That's uh, just the fill-in for the fill-ins. But Dermot Brereton is, uh, is with me this afternoon. Howdy. How are you, Dan? I'm all right. You uh, back from King Island? Yes, recovered. Yeah. I heard you. Uh, you and Andy talking about the uh, the the beauty that is Millhouse down yeah. there in Tassie. Yeah, he's a good man, Andy. <laughs> Where is he? Or is uh, he done as well? I think he's done. I think he is done. He's yeah. done. Yeah, he's oh. done. I'm looking out. Yeah. Gazy's done. Gazy's Gazy's been done for years. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, we had a ball down there, and, and I know people. I get really, and I think you heard a little yeah, bit yesterday. I we did, spoke yes. to you for a little bit. I get really circumspect when people say, "Oh, this is for the company." Try. Yeah. I, I can't tell you people how good. Well, you're pumping it up are. before the show, and no one could hear that, so yeah. that was genuine. <laughs> it's just a stunning place. It's just the most stunning golf course. Yeah, those two. had a lot of. Uh, yeah. I don't play as much golf as I would like to, or to the level I would like to, but. A lot of friends of mine have been down in that part of the world, so you can absolutely recommend getting down there. Yeah, Particularly, yeah. what's the weather doing down there? Because it's not kind to us up here. No. How's the weather down that way? Windy. <laughs> Apart another, from that. <laughs> had another 10% in the wrong direction because yeah. it wasn't great. Uh, by God, it is windy um, <laughs> down there. But I have played it before mm. without the wind. And Having said that, it was a slightly windy day, which still reeked havoc with our our ability to play and they said oh you've got the best day we've had for six months <laughs> so, no it is what do you um i'm sure you've played many 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 we've got a big show today we've got the melbourne united ceo nick trulson's going to join us who melbourne versus southeast melbourne the throwdown that's Ooh, on tonight yes. the throwdown and they've that's thrown right down in, yeah they right. have actually physically thrown down these two teams uh, a couple of times. <laughs> Archie Thompson's going to jump on after four as well. And He's now a that, good man. Now that France and Argentina, that's set. Are you going to get up and watch that at 2 a.m. Monday morning? Look, I, I copped some stick on the uh, on the um, text. On the 40 winks? Yeah, look, I, <laughs> I genuinely appreciate how good they are, but I, I'm like one of those old 32 megabyte yeah. Floppy disks. <laughs> There's only X amount of RAM in my head for sporting right. news. And I like it and I love seeing the top guys play. But And, and you can appreciate just how unbelievably skillful they are. Mm. But I, I ain't got room in my head for, so, for more sports. Uh, the one would thing you I watch it say, if it was at 7 p.m. in the evening? Probably. Yeah. 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 One thing I will say is it's – for the most widely participated sport in the world. There's so eagerly contested because mm. the African countries play it, the, mm. the Asian countries play it, the South America, everywhere plays yep. it. It's just the biggest contest in the world. Mm. I get that. Mm. It's bigger than the Olympics, just for pure numbers, yep. eyes on sets. It still is for all those hundreds of millions of people who watch and uh, participate, it's still 
decided at this World Cup level by the megastar players. Yeah. They separate it. And the so, same countries and same parts of the world. How, how, how can mm. – it's like there's – to me, it feels like they've got at any one time six Don Bradmans going around mm. the world of soccer at one time. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. And I heard some of the stats this morning from Martin Tyler speaking of Morocco were going to break all sorts of records. Had They, they broke records making a semi. But it, it, the finals have just always been made up of South Americans mm. and, and European teams. And we, we see that again, South American team in Argentina against the uh, European powerhouse and re, uh, defending champs as well, France. Yeah. Uh, you do, like, and as I said, I'm not an avid follower and I'm mm. appreciative of just how brilliant they are, but you kind of adopt an African team each year, <laughs> don't you? Or one of those cosmopolitan mm. type teams. I loved it when Cameroon <laughs> went really well a couple of a couple of well, years ago. Well, it's been a tournament of upsets. Now, we've in the end, we end up with two powerhouses. But yeah. it's been a tournament of upsets. I, I, I don't think I'll – 2 a.m. is a – 2 a.m. Starting your working week at 2 a.m. on a Monday morning is – it sets you up for a tough week. Yeah. So I don't think I'll be – Well, a, 2 a.m. is all right to go to bed. Oh, that's my normal time. I'm yeah, a real right. late. Yeah. You know, to yeah. go to bed. Yeah. But when you're actually starting at 2 a.m., mm. that makes it a tough next, you know, 24 hours. Yes. Yeah, it sets the, up the, the week poorly. I've heard a little bit of uh, the dialogue over the past couple of weeks talking about, oh, will the AFL give, you know, the uh, what's, what are they going to be playing out here? Will they give them a free hit, allow the, the Women's World Cup, mm -hmm. that is, to play? Not on your life. No. And, and there's a couple of things that a lot of people should, should realise. We, as the AFL lord our system and say we have record numbers in in, in Auskick and the yep. likes but meaningfully if you're a meaningful player that wants to continue on at 16 years of age participation in games on a weekend soccer drubs Australian mm. rules uh, rugby league and rugby union put together for pure numbers yep. So imagine if we hadn't applied France and we did all right the yeah, first yeah, game, yeah. we would be through the roof. And, yeah. and the AFL would be saying, oh, gee, we, we've got a job on our hands here. Yeah. They'll never give them a free hit. Because at under 16 level, they kill us yes. for numbers. Yeah. For participation, they kill the AFL for and numbers. And to be honest, it's not the AFL's job to give them a free hit. They're not in Correct. the business of charity, no. nor nor would nor would it go vice versa. As As... Analysts, commentators, social commentators, whatever you want to call us in here, we all want people to be playing sports. So their lives, their lives are better. Mm. You know, mental health is such a huge space in our in our lifetime now. We want sport to be participated by as many as possible. But if you're actually running those individual sports, you want the growth of that mm. sport. So they're not going to give free hits. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, quick one off the temper already. Forty mm. wings temper. Don't you get up at three AM for the NFL? Yes, I do, but yeah, I'm I'm yeah. an NFL uh, I'm an NFL addict, so you know I'm a casual observer. So that yeah. goes to your who, point. Who do you follow? Cincinnati. So we're up and you're about. You're kidding? Yes. I, well, no, I'm not kidding. I'm no, <laughs> no, well, that's unreal. But you're the only bloke I've ever met who, who loves Cincinnati. I, I, I love the Packers because mm. we have an association with them, and they allowed us me to go over there with a couple of other gentlemen and spend a week in their club just studying before we built Waverley, mm, mm. and so Waverley's designed 
on and around Lambeau Field. And we got most of our inspiration from Lambeau. So, right. yeah. I've it's... been to Lambeau went about five years ago. Yeah, right. It was uh, about three degrees on a Thursday night. Oh, you got a warm day. They told me was... Yeah, pretty good. Uh, well, you rugged up for? They were, they were wondering, what are you doing wearing those hoodies? We uh, we we had, we had to purchase the, and they've got the the uh, aluminium seating, and you've got to buy the the, the, cushions, the padding push, so yeah. you so you don't end up with a sore rear end. <laughs> and the, you've got the unofficial uniform. Yes. Yeah. The, yeah, uh, the we've the, got the um the hunting camo. Yes, and we've got the <laughs> the cheese head that they all wear to the game. Yeah. The adults wear. Well, cheese they don't heads. wear a lot other than the cheese head as well. <laughs> but the one thing I say about Cincinnati, as a younger, younger man, and I was first introduced to watching NFL, I just went for the Bengals because they had the most attractive kit. Uniform. Just, yeah. And they had a bloke, Ken Anderson, I think his name was a quarterback, took them all the way to the Super Bowl and they got rolled. I was going to say, that's a long time ago because yeah. they made the Super Bowl last year and that broke a long drought and they're looking good again this year too yeah. with uh, my man, Joe Burrow. So um, I haven't been a Bengals fan for a long time. I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't attach American sport. The athletes move around too much. It's not necessary. We're beginning to move yeah. like that in the AFL. Are you old enough to remember Icky Woods? Uh, no, not. I know the name, but Icky not... Woods was a running back powerhouse. Mm-hmm. Didn't didn't hang around quite long enough to be considered into that legendary status, yes. but he was just so powerful, so good. He was like an Emmett Smith who yeah. who didn't who hung around for a quarter of yes, the time. Yeah. And he would mow people down with the ball in mm. under his arm and go into the end zone. And he was what I can remember, the first to do the celebratory dance. And right. they used to call it the Icky Shuffle. Right. And that's the first time I saw Really, showbiz in football yeah, 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 yeah. on field. Well, it's come a long way. <laughs> Why has it won? They're eating popcorn after they score. They're signing autographs. and <laughs> The soccer guys do the 10-pin bowling yes. after they've scored. Yes, it's come a long way. Yeah. So um, The icky shuffle. That's the first I ever saw. Right, there you go. Hmm. Learn something new every day. As I said, a huge show today. Nick Trulson, the Melbourne United NBL CEO. He's going to join us before a big game for Melbourne United and the Phoenix Archie Thompson will break down the World Cup, what it all means, what Australia needs to do too to capitalise on some of the momentum we've been able to create uh, with our somewhat successful uh, World Cup campaign. That's all your text, into. indeed. And how, well, how you, you know? Uh, yeah, just before you move on, yes, <laughs> a lovely little text coming in here from eight one seven. Try working truck driver. Hours. <laughs> yeah. Sleeping in the back of the cabin. Good yeah, idea, well, there's no time. You're not, there's no off time, is there? If nah, you're sleeping at you work gotta get there. in the back of your truck, you've got to get there. But um, all your calls, all your texts, make sure you get involved. 40 Winks Temper Text, 0433981116. Or give us a call. Uh, make sure you do give us a call uh, on one three hundred seven three six seven three six. I'm keen to ask you, Derm, about... Uh, a little bit about Tasmanian football as well. I know our man Sam, who just uh, rolled out the door, was talking about uh, Tasmania and attracting players and those types of things. Mm-hmm. When you were at the peak of your powers as a player... For about 30 minutes. Do you think you would have been lured to go to a place like Tasmania? I'm not casting any negative anything about Tasmania. I've just, I just wonder how they're going to go attracting the cream of the crop. Is that a fair concern? First of all, I'll make the disclaimer. At the top of my game, there was a couple of 
nibbles from mm. people. Mm. God rest his soul, John Elliott. Yes. <laughs> had a little, I'll, I'll turn you into a wealthy man, son. So thanks, John. All right. No, I was never going anywhere at yep. the top of my, my game. Um, it, 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 be honest, it's less attractive than, than moving to a warmer climate. Mm. Yeah. But there's two things, there's two things you really move clubs or three really. Okay. So cash is the, the obvious yep. one. Um, opportunity. Yep. If you're starved of opportunity, the cash and the lifestyle yep. that it provides. So you've you've got to definitely tick two of those boxes. Most times it is the financial lure that somebody will say, well, that could set me up for life. So that is what will – that's seen the good-looking girl across the room. Mm. That will take mm. your eyes mm. yeah. first time. Yeah. Then you've got to get sold on the uh, on the personality of the, uh, the, the, what you're going to. Um, it, it – yeah – It'd Are have you, to you, be loaded up with lifestyle and and the financial remuneration yeah. at the peak of your career to yeah. want to go there. Because that's the one thing that, from from my point of view, forget about all the stadia and all that sort of stuff. I got I don't understand. I don't mm. know. But from a having been a player, and when you when you you might be coming into free agency once in your career, where you get to strike, you get to either stay. And lock yourself in for a long time at the same club, or go and, as you said, establish yourself for more money. Probably opportunity, which I agree is. Well, one. if you're a really good player, you, you don't. Yeah, that you're opportunity not that's cancelled out. That's you, right. You've got opportunity wherever you go. They're playing you. So, and even success. You hear a lot of the, a few, you know, Tom Lynch and Prestia and a few of those guys. Oh, I wanted to leave Gold Coast and go to a team where I thought A, I wanted to play in Melbourne. B, I wanted to have it play in a successful team. Well, that that almost a, feeds into opportunity there. Yeah, yeah. The opportunity to Although play. you are going into a startup team. So would you you probably would say, well, how likely are we to win a premiership in the first three years? Mm. So I just got a concern and a query over the the inability of that franchise to attract a couple of marquee names. Mm. And and that and that might be a I, I feel like that might be a concern of theirs or a, a problem of theirs for a, the first decade. My belief on that too is whenever you have startup teams entering the competition, the competition for a period thereafter or a period when the draft is compromised becomes weaker. Mm. Because if you're a team, uh, say you, the club you're at at the moment working with Geelong, mm. you've already got established players. Yeah, you recruit two boys inside the top thirty. Yeah, I'm just making these numbers yeah, yeah, up. Yeah, and you get to develop them. And they are going to be good players because you've surmised that they play yep. good junior footy. But you get to develop them. At the startup teams, they're taking 50% of those boys out of the top 30. Mm. Mm. So the other teams are only getting, getting one bite at yep. them. And they're not going to be coming on and lifting their team up the ladder mm. for three seasons. Mm. So the teams that have a mature list and decide – Let's load up with more mature players. You might reach the end a little bit quicker, five yep. years down the track, but you get a jump on the rest of the competition. Mm. You so extend if, the gap. Yeah, you do. Mm. You, you, you actually get further away from the field. So if you enter a new team, the older teams are going to be the best teams mm. for a, a considerable time thereafter. A couple of uh, 40 Wings temper techs we looking at them. the other side of 
the uh, our view or my view, I should say, about Tassie potentially struggling to attract uh, star talent is could be the new or a different version of Geelong. Great lifestyle, out of the spotlight, fishing. What about this one? Fishing, golf, left alone. <laughs> that, that sound, that'll sound pretty good to some players. Some some players love the limelight and living in Melbourne and being around it. Yeah, others don't. Well, Jeremy just. He loves his he fishing. He would have been a candidate. You might lose him down the cats. To, Give him put put to farming. Tassie. Put farming on the end of it. Offer him a tractor and a new mower and a fire pit. Have we got a sponsorship with anyone and tractors? Oh, give him a tractor, a give fire him a pit, Kubota. and a ride on mower. He told us he was going to ride his lawn uh, ride on mower into a game uh, once this year. He is a. Now I know you've uh, had a bit to do with him. He is a ripper. There's laid back, <laughs> and there's him. He, he he is a ripper. Even the way he speaks is unbelievable. People think he's putting it on. Yeah, yeah. I've never, I've never told anyone this, but a few people know. We used to have a players' bar at mm. Hawthorne, and we were going to renovate it. You know, in six months' time, mm. and uh, you saw about Jez was going to ride the <laughs> the mower in, uh, and it had a big wooden bar to it. Don't try this at home, kids. Um, and we'd had a, a few. This is not great. And uh, after the season, we'd had a few in our breakup. So I came in from downstairs and cranked up the, uh, the chainsaw, oh. <laughs> turned it into two bars. <laughs> Could have. I'm glad. I'm glad only the bar ended up on the receiving end of the chainsaw. Yeah, uh, I got told off for that. But okay. that, we're talking. 40 years ago. Yeah, it was more appropriate back oh, then. 38 so years ago. I think fire I up the chainsaw after having a dozen. Yeah. More appropriate. 20. Yeah, well, yeah, don't don't do that while you've had a no, couple, don't couple do of that. Colonel Clinks. Uh, we're here for Robot Building Supplies. Robot's got it. And Berwick BMW. Berwick's, uh, Berwick BMW's pre-owned sale event is on this weekend. No, it's uh, Josh Jenkins and Dermot Burton in the chair on this uh, lovely Thursday afternoon. 15 and a half degrees mm. is lovely these days, Derm, even though it is summer. Yeah, I know. Uh, we've got to we've got to count fifteen as lovely. It's weird, isn't it? It's, <laughs> it? At this time of the year, most often in my life, you've probably had ten days of thirty degrees or more by by Christmas time. No, I think we've had one. Well, it snowed up on the uh, on the Alps yesterday, so yeah, we're yeah, at a white, that, yeah. white Christmas is going to be uh, accurate in Australia and America. Have a look at this one off the text. Pendlebury and Sidebottom to be made life members of Collingwood Football Club tonight. That would be games achieved, wouldn't it? Well, it'd be, I think most clubs are 150. They um, are. We're 150. Yeah, so. I know. Adelaide's 150 and or 10 years of service. So they reached that many years About ago. six or seven years. Yeah. Pendles would have reached All right, that that's late news. Ago. Yeah, forget I read that they're one out. Little, they're a little slow. Well, if it's accurate, they're a little, little slow on handing out the life membership. Um. I was reading something, and I know it's not necessarily footy season, but this 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 worried me a little bit. Uh, Sam Walsh had the back injury late last year. Yep. Uh, he has done no training before Christmas. And assistant coach Ash Hansen was quoted as saying, there's no immediate timeline, timeline on him at the moment. We'll certainly know with his training history and the quality of athlete that he is, he won't need long to prepare himself for the season. Now, you know as well as I do, from having done no running to getting to playing, that's a long gap. Now, Sam Walsh is as good as we'll ever see mm. in terms of preparation and, and, and endurance. Very professional and kid, making it. But, but he must be... He must be a mile off with that. But it must. He must have a little stress reaction or something. Just 
something more significant than a sore back. To have done nothing. Yes. The one thing you'd say with a young kid like that, you know, I still call him a kid. Yeah. Um, oh, he is, yeah. Yeah. You'd, you, you'd have the opportunity, well, give him a stilted mm. uh, program and we'll keep his fitness up. But they might be viewing as we're cotton wooling him for the yeah. future. Which we is just, probably smart. We just want him to totally get rid of this scenario so we can, when he comes back, he can train in full. But it does hurt the season you are about to enter into. There's no doubt. You, you need the base leg in your legs. Particularly for Carlton, who much is expected of. You've only got to check the fixture out to uh, to know Carlton. that the AFL are expected. There we go. We've got Carlton. To, we're, Andy said, even though I'm not here, we've got to get that in at least half a dozen times. There's two. We might as well just get them all out of the road. Playing with Carlton. golf with him two years in a row, uh, two, two days in a row, felt like two years. Um, somehow Carlton sneaks into every conversation. Does he think you're on the right or not? He's got this. Can he? He looks like he can just accurately get around. No yeah, power. he's got this little left to right yeah. drift. Some would call a it a something fade. Yeah. He bunts it 180 up there off the tee yeah. and yeah, manages right. it around all right. There's nothing masculine about the way no, he Now I feel quite cheeky. Not. Uh, Brett from St Albans will get to you after this. I said I'm free to do what I And Josh Jenkins in the chair for Gazy and Andy, who are done like a Sunday yep. dinner. They are done. So will you'll cool. hear from them midway through next year, I imagine, whenever they're good and ready to come back. Uh, Brett is in St Albans, and uh, he wants to uh, have a chat to us. Brett, good afternoon. Yeah, g'day, Shags. Geez, they'll have a poke out of Calva, don't they? I'm still waiting for a machine, mate. Yeah, I'll tell you <laughs> what. We went out there the other day, Derm, and the uh, pokey machines... They'd have to replace the uh, buttons weekly, I reckon. They are vicious. <laughs> Belted out. On the poker machines. Uh, Brett, you've got a question oh, for Derm. Just quickly, Brett. It's not St. Orban's, is it? It's Snorbins. 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 Sorry. Mate. Snorbs. We use, we use coat hangers as toothbrushes, mate. Don't worry. <laughs> Very good. Derm, you were talking about changing clubs before. Yeah. I, yeah. I want to take you back to round 14, 1995, when you were playing for the Pies, mate. It was a massive game against North. 67,000 on a Friday night. Yeah. I've got a couple of questions about the start of this game, right? Yeah. As you were strolling into position, yeah. did you make a beeline for Mick Martin or vice versa? And when you two were strangling each other, <laughs> did you understand a word he said or did you just feel spit all over you through those rosy red cheeks? Well, was it a pre-game instruction from Lee Matthews? Because just after that incident, <laughs> when you two were punching on, the ball went up the other end. Gary Pert belted the crap out of Longy. North kicked the goal and it was on in the other pocket. Hugh, you're auditioning for a job on SEN calling the footy, aren't you, Brett? Mate, no, you, not, not you've, got a, you've got a good memory. Um, yeah, Mick was out there waiting for Severio to come to him and, and I think I had Sholey, yeah. yeah Sholey was waiting for me and at the last second I stepped into Mick's line and Mick and I are, are fairly good mates and... Had a few run-ins along the way previous to that, and uh, he put out his hand to shake, and I put out my hand and went straight over the top for the throat, and <laughs> and we had a go at each other. Actually, regardless of whether we had hands on each other's throats, I never understood Mick even without any chokehold. He just, <laughs> yeah, just on his own accord, he yeah. was very difficult to understand. 
ran but his own show. Champion bloke. Yeah. An absolute champion bloke. He used to give it to Severio. So I just thought Severio probably needs to somebody see somebody give it to him. And, uh, yeah, so when, when I was first contracted by Collingwood, Lee said, uh, yeah, we've got a couple of blokes down the back line who can look after themselves. And, <laughs> you know, blokes like Mick Martin, they put it over our young forwards. So I thought, all right, okay, well. Give a bit back. Mix the target. <laughs> Let's take down the big fella. Take him down. And I'll tell Mick. you what, though, Brett, I hung on for dear life. It was <laughs> like hanging on to a prize bull at the rodeo. I, I just, there's no way I was letting go because he'd have killed me. <laughs> Uh, there you go, Brett from Snorbins. Uh, thanks for uh, giving us a call on the uh, Lawn Hub Talkback. Real lawn fanatics use Lawn Hub fertiliser. I'll tell you what, Dom, if we can get some more sun, our lawns will be starting oh, to look beautiful. So, uh, you, beautiful. He's from Snorbins. Snorbs. I'm from Frankston is actually by the locals. Yes. That we put a G in it, Frankston. 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 Yeah, well, just Frank. Where are you from originally? Swan Hill, well, up it, in the Mallee. Well, so what would the locals call that? Swan Hill, one word. Swan Hill. Yeah, Swan so Hill. you drop the H out of it. Swan no, Hill. you just drop the fact that it's Swan Hill yeah. and you just Swan, Swan Hill. Hill. One word. <laughs> I like it. Swan Hill. Very good. Where are you from? I'm from Swan Hill. Um, <laughs> thanks for the call, uh, Brett. I saw Brett out at the Kialba and uh, he uh, he was sitting there, picked up a nice voucher and had himself a nice night at the Kialba Hotel. Yeah. The um, When the Rugby League World Cup was on out there, they've got huge big screens and the uh, the owner was showing me videos of the Rugby League World Cup, which we played Samoa, and the local Samoan fans got in there and they were doing the dances. And I was frightened. They've got great. The, the Samoans had the best on video. The best haka. I mean, the, some of them are chilling and spine tingling. Mm. Uh, but the, the Samoans haka is awesome, unbelievable. Yeah, well, I was fantastic. Well, I was glued to the phone. I was a little scared, even though it was on a on a video. And they I don't that... produce small men, do they? No, Samoa. no. no. <laughs> well, they told they told us they drank them. They drank the Kialba Hotel out of uh, Jack Daniels, the bottle shop out the front, and the pub over the road <laughs> during the one rugby league match. Oh, yeah. uh, apparently, Brent off the uh, 40 Wings temper text says that you belted Ross Smith that night too. Uh, Did you give him a little dead bit as well? right. I got a couple of weeks for that. <laughs> well, Some that's people a bloody good anything. memory. Um, it was an accident. <laughs> well, how did you get two weeks for an accident? Well, he was tackling me from behind and I tried to chop his tackling arm away and accidentally got him in the mush. S sounds like there's no way you could have got two weeks for that. Yeah, accidents happen. <laughs> sounds like there's absolutely no way you could have got two weeks for that. We're here. This is a tradies hour for Ace Gutters, Australian made, built to last. A uh, quick break because we're going to speak to the Melbourne United CEO, the big dog, Nick Trulson. He'll tell us all about Melbourne's big throwdown clash with the Phoenix tonight. Ah, Derm, there's a massive game of NBL action this evening. The two Melbourne teams are going to throw down in the throwdown. Uh, <laughs> Melbourne United, who've got to back up off a devastating loss on Monday night. Devastating loss on Monday night where Perth scored eight points in 36 seconds to steal the game. How do you lose that? Uh, I'm not sure. We might ask our next guest because Melbourne United play the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix uh, this evening at John Kane Arena. And Melbourne United's CEO, Nick Trulson, has been good enough to join us. Nick, thanks for jumping on uh, a few hours out from the game. Yeah, thanks, Josh and Dermot. Um, yeah, as you said, in the lead-up, massive game for us tonight. Um, Throwdown number 20 between the two teams, and there's such a great rivalry between the Crosstown rivals. So, um, yes, we're trying to get over Monday. There's not much <laughs> you can do. And as you both know, being... Uh, 
having done it in the past, you, in sport, you get the opportunity to make amends and, you know, we'll be out there doing that in front of our fans tonight. How, how have the group been able to pick themselves up? Now, clearly, you know, you're not necessarily hands-on with them on court uh, from day to day, but you would have, you see the guys and you speak with Dean Vickerman and, and the coaching staff. How did they uh, take that loss and get over that loss? Because it's a pretty quick turnaround. Monday night in Perth, you suffer that loss and you've got to back up for what is, you know, one of your biggest games of the regular season. Yeah, I mean, we, we did play Saturday night. We beat Brisbane here at John Kane Arena and then straight on the plane Sunday to Perth and then played Monday night. Um, not much time to turn around first, 7 o'clock a.m. Perth time, back on the plane, back to Melbourne. So, um, yeah, pretty tough on the players and the coaching group to, to get their heads around a game that we had, like you said, right to the end and, you know, five points up with 10 seconds left to have two threes. Put on you was uh, was pretty devastating for everyone, but... Um, it also showed it was a second game with our full roster for the season. Mm. So we, we feel like now with our full roster, um, you know, we've got a chance to start, you know, stringing some wins together and we have to do it with the, with the season already halfway over. We're, uh, we're up against it a bit, but we're, we're excited about tonight. And, you know, we play Sunday and we've got our open air game here next Friday night um, to look forward to as well. So three big games, but if we can get, on, get back on the winning list tonight, you know, it puts us back in the hunt. So, Nick, eyes forward. We're looking out through the front windscreen now. Uh, what happens tonight and how's prep going? What crowd can we expect? Yeah, Dermot, we expect probably up to about 7,000. We're up 27% in crowds this year. It's been phenomenal just coming off COVID and, you know, seeing the really the resurgence of basketball um, on yeah. the back of the boomers winning both the men's and women's bronze medals. I think there's a the game itself's in a really good position. Um we did have two sellouts against the Phoenix, our first home game against them, and then theirs. So both teams are, you know, getting that rivalry going. But there's so much competition on, as you know, leading into Christmas and whether it's even Christmas parties. But, you know, we had Billy Joel up against us on Saturday night. Um, there'll be lots of things else going on with Big Bash starting as well. But, you know, we expect there'll be a pretty uh, big crowd tonight. But, um, yeah, they're 2-1 up in this series. So we play each other four times in the throwdown. So, It'd be nice to square the ledger tonight and get it back to two and one. Yeah, you took on Billy. Two and two, sorry. Yeah, you took on Billy Joel. I don't think he's too good at layups or from the <laughs> the, the, the free throw line. He certainly but... can't dunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I was. We were chatting to Corey last night, homicide, and he said there's two jobs he would never, ever, ever take. One was the head coach, and one's the CEO of a basketball team. <laughs> How do you find it? And has that role changed over the duration? Oh, I mean, we're super lucky and I'm lucky. I've been in the job for 18 months coming out of AFL footy for 15 years and um, having someone like Dean Vickerman, probably the, you know, the longest serving coach in the NBL has been great for me. Um, you know, having won two of the last five championships, we've got such a great core of coaches um, to lean on. Um, so yeah, for me, I'm loving the opportunity and the game itself is growing, but uh, very lucky to have someone like Dean. But, you know, also Justin Shaw and Reese Carter and D-Mac um, as assistant coaches as well, you know, we've got a you know a blend of experience and even Dave Barlow, who was going to be a coach, but yeah. came back to play when we lost uh, Ariel Huckporty to a season-ending Achilles at the start. So we've got a lot of experience there, but um, we're also lucky and good for you guys to know Shay Ely plays his 100th game for Melbourne United tonight. Um, but on Sunday, when we play, Chris Golding plays 400th game in the NBL and Brad Newley plays game 300. So wow. two great mates, sort of B1 and B2. We sort of call them a bit like that, but... Um, yeah, so having that experience also helps um, when you're, you're relatively new in the game. Nick, you mentioned, you know, it's moving time for you guys because, 
You're six and eleven. You're just outside the play-in uh, tournament brackets, but you, you, you're about to embark on a really difficult period of your schedule because you can't play any home games at John Kane whilst the Australian Open's on. Is there any? Are you working on a workaround on that? Is this just going to be something you're going to have to put up with? Is there any way around it? Because as far as I can uh, see, this is a significant. Uh, disadvantage, a competitive disadvantage for both you guys and the Phoenix not being able to play any home games throughout January. Yeah, it's a really good point. Funny enough for this season, most there's been an incredible uh, win results for the away team. So, you know, last year we went on the road at the same time and, and strung together eight wins. And I think that galvanising part of playing away and being away together can, some, can sometimes help. But, you know, 13 home games out of your 14 before Christmas has made it you know, pretty tough on even on the staff just uh, doing that all together. But at this stage, we're looking at, you know, is there some in, um, regional opportunities? Um, you know, Ballarat and Bendigo are good examples of that where if you could slide a, a game or two in January, that might, um, you know, break it up a little bit. But, um, you know, we've done pretty well in the past of having to deal with it. And, um, you know, it's something for the short term we still have to uh, get our heads around. But um, first things first, it's, it's tonight. And um, I just want to also mention, I got here early today, Along with the Phoenix and the Vixens Tennis and Melbourne Park, we just launched the Ingalls Century Room upstairs. So Joe and Renee Ingalls, of course, Australian yes, ba- yep. uh, basketball and netball um, legends. You know they put their money behind opening up a Century Room for for people to make it you know a really welcome environment here. So you know on and off court, I think um, everyone's doing everything they can, and it's great to see crowds back. A little broader question about the the recruitment in Australia and how you scan your eye over the local landscape. I had the opportunity once to go to the Suns, Phoenix, yep. and yep. they showed us through their facility. And at my height, it was still a stretch. It was about two and a half metres off the ground, like the old hand dryers mm-hmm. where you press the button and the air comes out. It was two and a half metres <laughs> off the ground. And I said to our guide, what's that doing up there? And he said, if you can't dry your hair under that, we're not interested. Not, not keen on you. So, I mean, that's not the case in Australia. If, if you're good and you're local and you don't happen to be 205-plus centimetres, you guys still look at them, don't you? Oh, 100%. And you look across all your different positions on the court, you know, especially the point guards. You know, they're, you know, you look at Paddy Mills from an Australian point of view and, you know, we had Matty Delavadova last year and that position is about going back to the NBA, but... I think for us as at Melbourne United, we're so proud of being a destination club with Jock Landale, Delhi, and Jack yep. White all in the NBA now. Um, I think that's a great thing for Australian basketball is the NBL is now truly seen as that second best league in the world. And, you know, we might not be able to, we've, our pay structures have improved out of sight too. And, um, you know, hopefully now on the other side, the 15-year-old boys and girls, hopefully they're starting to think, actually, instead of going down the football side, maybe the basketball side is a, you know, there's a great opportunity to play in the NBL and hopefully get to the NBA. But um, there's there's eyes on us. We've got scouts here every game now from the league and the NBA. And yeah. um, there's a lot of teams talking to us about how they can get more eyes here. And um, whether you're a local Australian, New Zealand player wanting to get the NBA or, or, or players from Europe or America, um, seeing us as a league to get them to that um, that's to top stage in the NBA, we're going to continue to drive that. So it's a good question, Dermot. I think... Uh, it's quite, you know, we've got a couple of seven-footers in our team and then, uh, you know, you've got a couple of six-footers, but a lot in between. Yeah. Well, Nick, yeah, you don't have to be six-foot-eight, but it certainly helps if you are. <laughs> uh, good luck tonight against the Phoenix and uh, thanks good for luck, joining mate. us uh, here on The Run Home. 
Uh, thanks for your support, guys. That is Melbourne Cheers, United CEO Nick Trills. Now, before you throw to a break, we were chatting before I said we say Frankston. Yes. You say Swanhill. Yeah, Swanhill. One that, word. That H sort of goes missing well, a it's bit. The, it's Swanhill. The, the space bar. You yeah. don't have to press it. <laughs> yes, yes. Swanhill. We're getting some good guys. We're getting some good. You, know, you, you spotted one here, JJ. Yeah. Yeah. Kahuna. Yeah, just Kahuna. <laughs> Not Kahuna. You just Kuna. take the H out. The biggest yeah, uh, triple zero, triple now, O. Yes, Kuna. They'll be able to. Our our friends and family on the forty wings temper text will be able to let us know. It's so Kuna Kuna Kuna. The Kangas <laughs> play in the footy league that I come from. I am of the belief it's the largest football ground in Victoria. So let us know. Am I right? Because I think I am. But I think the Kahuna Geelong, Kuna Geelong should be the longest. Longest. Certainly the skinniest. Yeah, I but I believe uh, the Kuna Recreation Reserve is wow. the biggest football ground in Victoria. Am I right? 0433981116. We need to get to a quick break. And on the other side, plenty more unbelievably great radio. We've got a few uh, oh, we've yes. got a few texts, 40 weeks temper texts suggesting that Kahuna is the largest ground. Yeah. Uh, even a, no, I don't think we asked for now Brett from Mentone. I, I think the query was No, how, if I was Brett, I'd be singing this. The query was the biggest ground, not how many goals. The you've biggest kicked, get, the biggest bag of goals. Well, I'm going to read out Brett's text in here uh, on the text. I kicked seventeen five for the Kahuna Kangas one sunny day around 2010. Sounds like a song, doesn't it? <laughs> now uh, you must have played for a very Minton. long because you would have said Kuna Kangas, yeah, not Kahuna Kangas. Yeah. Latrobe Uni Oval was huge. That's from Steve at Croydon. Uh, uh, JJ, uh, hi. I was born in Pyramid Hill. Yes. An hour from Swan Hill. Yes. And it is pronounced exactly <laughs> as you are pronouncing Swan Hill. Great to hear, as I now live in Perth, and I haven't heard that pronunciation for a while. Well the train done. from uh, Southern Cross to Swan Hill goes through Pyramid Hill. Pyramid Hill. Southern Cross. Melbourne Does it? To Swan okay, Hill. all right. Yeah, the yeah. end of the line, Swan Hill. It when used to when go he through. said he was, he's moved over to Perth. I know there's a Southern Cross no. outside of Perth. I <laughs> Doesn't thought, quite. How does it go two and a half thousand k's out of its uh, way? Yeah. Bert, Bert's from Kahuna. He, he and we got it. Must have a fair, a nice listenership from uh, up in that part Kuna. of the world. Kahuna. I hope, hope the flooding and all those sorts of things are okay up that way. I can tell you, the ground's big. Had a coach one year who cracked it and told us to run a 400. Typically, you run a full lap. He was shocked when we ran half a lap and came straight back. That's how big the ground is in Kahuna. <laughs> yeah, they ran halfway and then back. Cobran and Denny have very big grounds as well. That's regards Hudson. Thanks, and here's mate. A, here's a short name. Northcote. Just Northcote. <laughs> uh, welcome back. It's three minutes past four, almost four minutes Past four, you've been listening to the Tradies Hour for Race Gutters, Australian Made Built to Last. Derma, you a are you a, a Netflix or are you a streaming service? Every oh, oh, I go more? from yeah, yeah, go go into all of them. Yeah, well, let me start ask, on Foxtel. I mean, that's all I work yes, for. So yeah, 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 start on them, and then I'll go to Stan Jump Netflix. Around. Yeah, anywhere I find. Are you are you cluey enough to you know? Do you do you do you stump up for all of them, or do you sort of share the subscriptions? And a lot of families, you know, I'll buy, I'll have this one, you have that one, and oh, we no. share the totally just... legal here. No, my son, uh, I, yeah, I don't know how he's done it. He's that good, you know. When at my age, mm-hmm. you get your kids to say, "How do I log this on here?" <laughs> so he's got my uh, credit card oh. details. Oh, right. So once a month, I'm going through all my, and then it'll come up with Stan, and then it'll come up with. <laughs> You know, Prime, and then yeah. it'll come up with Amazon Prime, and then it'll, I'll see the Foxtel one, and yes. then I'll see the Netflix, and 
So am I getting all these? <laughs> oh, yeah, Dad, you bought them. <laughs> oh, I bought them on his, his call. Um, yeah. Well, Netflix is, has been taken by storm at the moment, mm-hmm. and I'm yet to watch it. The Harry and Megan uh, doco. Yeah. Have you caught any of that yet? Not interested. Neither. Oh, I'm I'm an anti-royalist. So am I. But <laughs> but I begrudgingly admire the Queen. Yes, understand. I think a lot of people so uh, similar to that. They, the they're, royals... they're not royalist, but they begrudgingly admire her for various elements of her life and yep. her dedication and the stoic nature. Yeah, I, I liked I, her because she liked horse racing. So we had that in common. Uh, I've got come on. I want to know at one three hundred seven three six seven three six or send us a forty wings temper text oh four double three nine eight eleven sixteen. Can you just give us a little one sentence synopsis on what we'd be getting ourselves into if we watched the Harry and Megan docker? Yeah. Because I'd the, be interested to hear the what most those people think. Polarizing of yeah. couple in the world at the moment. Those yeah. two. Yeah. Now, if the Royals were having a parade down Coventry Street, I wouldn't go out the front and watch them go past. Same. No interest. Yeah. But people are just absolutely taken by the Royal family. Yeah. So give, let us know. Just send us a text. Give us a synopsis why we should or shouldn't watch it. One of my good mates was in England as a CEO for several years, and somehow he got an invite mm-hmm. to Buckingham Palace and he, right. for a, a dinner. Mm-hmm. And he thought, oh, I'll be there with 300 other people, you know, at a long dinner table. <laughs> he got there. There were 12. Really? <laughs> 12 people. And he sat there with uh, a couple of places up for from Prince Philip. Mm. And he was chatting with this fellow who used to be his private guard. And they'd go out shooting pheasants on the big mm. property. And he was asking him about the pressure of the job. And he said, the best or the worst pressure I ever felt it was the Queen's job in that, you know, that weird sort of world the, you know, that they have their protocols. It was the Queen's job to pick up and carry the shot pheasant. Right. Anyway, <laughs> they shot a pheasant and it scragged around a bit and the Queen walked up behind, picked up the pheasant and then she walked to this bloke and said for his next shot, do it right next time. <laughs> Don't he miss. Said, and he said, now, he said, then I was under pressure because <laughs> the Queen of England yeah, was, was four steps behind him just telling him to get it right. Oh, unbelievable. <laughs> uh, the Queen, uh, now I know this story, the Queen bought a horse off Campbell Brown. What? You know that? Campbell Brown tells a good story that he fleeced the Queen. He <laughs> sold her a dud horse. Uh, she... She's ideal or she's something like uh, along those lines. Yeah. He sold a horse to uh to He can tell a story. He can tell a story. Yeah, he can tell a story. Uh Harry and Megan play every victim card there is. Enough said. Avoid. I oh, I thought that's what might come through. The Royals can get stuffed is another one off the forty wings <laughs> temper. But they, they are so polarizing, both they of them. Are. They Incredibly are. polarizing. Yeah, I, I, I suppose it's the, the hypocrisy that Harry and Megan go through that that they dish up to us. It's probably, and some people would like them as well. So there's people on both sides. I'm not fussed. I don't really care. Oh, I imagine I do it's or don't. not all it's cracked up to be to be born into the royal family. Sure, there's money. And- no, but what 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 the majority of people see for most people on planet Earth, 
it's a tough existence mm-hmm. to try and get some degree and level of comfort. Yep. And when you see somebody who's born into absolute and complete and utter privilege, the likes of which 0.01% mm. of the world will ever experience, the rest of the world will say, what are you whinging about? Yes, yeah. Oh, that's You've hit the nail on the head there. You've hit the nail on the head. No doubt about it. Mm. Um, the afl.com.au is uh, breaking down. this. It's list season, the end of the year, the biggest this, the biggest that, the top 50 uh, footy stories uh, of the year. Yeah. Have you got a couple that just jump off the page at you? We had some, some strange coach sackings. We had some uh, player movement, players sitting out of footy, all types of things. The Cats and their dominance at the end of the season. We had... Strange use of anti-inflammatories and yeah. things like that made yes, us have a giggle yes, along yes. the way. Um, I didn't think that'd be in the top, but there you go. That was a part of the uh, year, of course. <laughs> yeah, and you know what the weird thing is? That is, it actually would probably work quicker. Which, <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying it, but it probably would. Oh, 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 no. uh, um. So I'm interested. Those lists at this time of year are always they they're interesting mm. to look. Back were you at. were you surprised that there was a lesser number recruited at the draft? Uh, yeah, I think yeah the draft need clubs are leaving too many spots vacant now because you can backfill your list with uh, you know different types of rookies and, and yeah mid years. Clubs are saying well. Let's not grab someone now because we can leave it open and then potentially still grab that person later. So the rookie draft was uh, embarrassing in a sense because there were about 45 picks overall and and I think 26 out of the 45 went either passed up on, which is no good because that's young people not getting an opportunity, or uh, players who just got redrafted to their own clubs. Mm. I'm I'm actually worried for the pathway. I'm really worried for the pathway at this point in time and there's – it's probably deserves a, a good 15 minutes yeah. or so. All right, so well, let's to... do that because uh, we're going to speak to Archie Thompson after the break. I'm a fan of Arch. Yes, he's uh, been doing some great work here on SEN, commentating and breaking down with his expert analysis, the FIFA World Cup. So we're going to chat to Archie after the break because France or France, depending on where you're from, I think you and I are probably France operators. Yeah, but I've... Uh, yeah. Or have you been? Oh, I might say France, but I, I say France. Oh, well, gee. Yeah. Okay. I don't know there why. You uh, us... I see, you know what it would be because of the Irish accent for, as a kid. Us folk from yeah. Swan Hill, we say uh, France. So France and Argentina are going to play in the FIFA France. World Cup yeah. on Monday morning. So we'll speak to Archie Thompson after the break to get his views on everything that's going on over there, but also it's been uh, all happening here in the A-League. So we'll chat to Archie after the break. Uh, what a treat it is, Derm, because... Uh, the FIFA World Cup final is set. France or France uh, versus Argentina. Two of the superstars of world football will go head-to-head. Mbappe and Messi, two of the superstars. Two club teammates as well. And uh, Archie Thompson's been doing some incredible work on SEN, calling these games uh, alongside our man Jordan Canellis. And he joins us on the line to talk about this and much more. Archie, thanks so much for your time. Mate, I would use incredible very loosely, mate. I feel like uh, Jordan Canales is uh, amazing at what he does. And he obviously when he loves his football, it really comes out and shows. But, uh, mate, I just love it. I, I love the boys. I love going in in the early mornings. They make it really 
uh, really great. And the football is just living up to what everyone expected this World Cup to be. It's it's incredible. There's been a, there was a lot of talk about the the, you know, the stuff around the periphery about Qatar and all that sort of stuff, but. The actual tournament itself, and it always is because the World Cup's an incredible event, probably you know mm. one of the greatest sporting events that we have. Uh, mm. the, the actual tournament itself, we've had we've had high drama, we've had upsets, but in the end, we get two of the world powerhouses uh, set to lock battle, uh, lock horns on yeah. Monday morning. Yeah, it, it's it's amazing, and uh, like uh, it would have been good. I feel if Portugal had maybe gotten a little bit further into the tournament with uh, the likes of Cristiano Ronaldo, maybe getting the swan song he wants, but it, it feels like it's uh, the light that I always sort of say it, but the moon, the stars are all aligning for the great man Messi to finally lift that World Cup trophy that uh, everyone kind of says that he needs to be able to be labelled the GOAT, which I, I, I feel like, he doesn't, and maybe a lot of other people feel like he doesn't need that, but certainly would be fantastic to see him finish. And we've, we've arguably got the two best nations being there. Like, I know that there was some um, great results, a lot of upsets. I think this was why this World Cup was a lot different than maybe others. And then you had Morocco, unfortunately, got knocked out this morning, first African nation to be in a semi final. Uh, when you look at the, um, the size of that country and what they've done, is is pretty amazing, and then uh, they, but they were just up against one of the best footballing nations um, of, of our generation at the moment. Like it's because it's four years ago they won the World Cup. They're there again, and the last time any country has gone back to back winning, I think it's like 1958 or to, and 62 when it was Brazil. But um, I, I could be wrong on that, and I'm probably 100% right that I am wrong with that but it's still it's still a long time and it's mm. very hard or very difficult to be able to do that and the the two best teams are there I know that France um, had a pretty thin squad going into it but they're starting 11 uh, amazing when you've got Mbappe like you talk about it's a bit of a, a it's going to be a show, oh, that's for sure, when you've got Messi and Mbappe on uh, the other teams. So, so, hey, Arch, how are you, mate? Hey, uh, yeah, good, fella. Yeah. Good. You've got the two best teams. At this point in time, have we got the two best players in the world? Yeah, like, oh, I would have to say so. Um, Mbappe, I feel, has been a little quiet the last couple of games. It wasn't uh, maybe fantastic against England because... Um, they've got some world-class defenders and uh, I felt like he wasn't as involved. Don't know as he, if he was, again, not in, involved too much in this game against Morocco, but, uh, I mean, he did kind of uh, fashion a shot that, that got that second goal. Um, but you'd have to say so. Look, they're, they're both on equal goals. I think it's like five goals each or six goals each in this World Cup tournament. They're both teammates um, and... Like it's just the perfect kind of melting pot to, to see something really special happen. But I, I would say they are. And look at Messi, look Messi's what thirty five now. Uh, that, that I don't know if you guys saw that goal, the third goal that he uh, yeah, assisted. Yeah. So mate, like I don't know about you guys, but I know that when I was coming to the twilight of my career, uh, there's certainly no way that I could turn a defender inside out like that without tying myself in a knot. So, like, and for him to still do it like he is, yep. it's it's pretty amazing. In, in pretty our amazing. sport, in our sport, we've got countless left footers. So you say, just run to their left side and force them to kick on the. 
Everyone in the world, uh, Derm and I aren't avid uh, soccer or football fans. We know Messi's trying to get to that left foot. And some of the greatest <laughs> defenders in the world, he just finds a way to get on that left side. It is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, it's so funny because, uh, look, he's, you would say he's predominantly more left foot than his right, but he can use his right, obviously. But it's right. Like, how do you defend against some, someone like that? when you? But even when you know that uh, the best way is to let him down on, on let him down the right side, <laughs> he, he still finds a way of getting back onto his left. And even if uh, you think you've won the battle by going – showing him down the right side, you've lost it because he's, he's around you anyway. So, like, <laughs> I, I, honestly, I, I don't know how you defend someone like that. And he's electric. Like, I know that maybe his pace um, without the ball-making runs is not as fast as what, it, as what it used to be, but his pace with the ball hasn't changed at all. And, like, and that's, that's the difficult, uh, I feel like, art of dribbling is to kind of be able to keep up that intensity and that speed with the ball, uh, and, and he does it so easy. Arch, are you saying a footballer doesn't run as quick without the ball as he does <laughs> with it? That goes for every footballing code in the world. <laughs> oh, oh well, mate, look, I feel like if you, I'm t- talking in, in in terms of keeping that close control. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. like, uh, I mean, we can we can knock the ball uh, maybe two meters two meters in front of our, ourselves at that top speed. Uh, and, and you're not you're not even really sure you have control of that ball, but the way that he does it at his speed and still quicker than most players, it's like it's glued to his foot. Like it, that's a that's the kind of comparison I'm I'm, I'm thinking yeah. of because uh, like he, he's just a, he's just amazing with the ball at his feet, like incredible. Now a little bit little bit tongue in cheek. Did we play both these teams into form? <laughs> Yeah, we, well, we could say that. We could. Say, well, uh, it's it's funny because uh, I, 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 that like the previous World Cups we've been in, um, I don't know. We've always seemed to have played in the group or in the round sixteen. Someone that's gone on and won the yeah. uh, actual World Cup in that year. So uh, I don't know. It's it feels like now that everyone everyone would be wanting to play us four years time because I know if, if they beat us, well, they're going to go on and win the World Cup. Well, what, it's funny like that. What can Derm and I were speaking about this a little bit earlier? What can what needs to happen? You know, we've had a a great little swell of momentum with our performance in the World Cup, and people are getting behind the group. What what has to happen for that momentum to carry on? Because four years is too long just to sit around and hope that we can do the same thing and do a little bit better in four years. So what has to happen? What things need to be put in place for us to be uh, the Morocco of the next tournament? Yeah, look, uh, I feel like um, definitely off the back end of World Cups, there's always that excitement. I mean, even walking around uh, my neighbourhood, I see um, people kicking a soccer ball in, in the in the playgrounds or on parks, um, which is great. And uh, I just I know that we've got our A League season right in the mix of that. Um, hopefully, fans will get attracted to that because that football is good. Like it's it's entertaining. It's open. You're going to see goals most of the time. I think I heard it's it's the second most scored um, league in, in terms of games of a, of a week in, in the world. <laughs> and I don't know if I actually. Just making that up, and it feels pretty good. Sounded <laughs> uh, good. Like, it sounded good. I hope it puts bums on seats. But look, uh, it, it's about kind of doing that, and then maybe how do we keep um, the success and the momentum going? But it, it's just funny. I don't know about like us and our sport. It's when as soon as uh, maybe 
the Australian Open comes around, we're, we're, we all want to play tennis and join the local tennis club. And then as soon as that dies down, we were well, like, oh, well, that, that, that was okay for the moment. Uh, but I feel like we do that pretty much with all our sports. I hope that uh, with our code, we can really do something about it and, and, and really just start laying the foundation because not many people gave hope to this soccer routine. They went to the round 16. They gave Argentina a real scare. Um, but, but let's uh, hopefully now um, that's a good sign for us to build our uh, our, our football code. There's no doubt. When we see a national team do really well, it inspires younger people to actually take that that pathway as well. Josh and I were speaking a little earlier, and, and the numbers are out of Canberra. At under-16 level, there are more kids playing soccer in registered games each weekend or school and the whole lot put together. There are more mm. kids playing soccer than AFL, ARL, rugby union put together. So where do they go between there and the numbers that we can't achieve like we did in your era when we had players playing in every top league around the world? Oh, yeah, well, that's a good question. I know that there's um, everyone talks about the infrastructure and pathways of kids and how they maybe progress from that sort of grassroots to elite level. Um, and, and, and I know that the, we also talk about the AIS program that um, pretty much sculpted a lot of the, the, the great soccerers that have gone on and, and had great careers over uh, overseas and, yeah. and at high leagues. It's because you, you imagine, you know, being with the elite of the elite uh, and sort of eating and breathing and, and, um, and living football in this little environment where you train all the time and you're only going to get better and better. That was sort of cancelled. And, and then um, and maybe also, too, with the new A-League, they're trying to start to build the infrastructure in some of these clubs to be able to um, maybe get some of these younger guys coming through and then they go through, like, through the A-League set up and then hopefully they maybe go overseas. It's just pathways. It's a, it's a, it's a hard one. Like it's, uh, I don't know what it is. It's maybe we just get lost. Maybe it's, uh, uh, we need to maybe invest a bit more in, in that elite level. Um, but uh, I don't know. I just uh, hope that uh, we, can, we can sort that out and start. Um, we need uh, to convert them, don't we? Those numbers well, yeah. into, into players who, who are automatics to play for Australia every time we, we have a national up. Well, that, that's right, and um, like it's a, it's it's a funny one. It's 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 hard to kind of know where it's all at. I mean, I, I probably should be a little bit more involved or knowing more about that. But I I try to stay away from the politics of all all, all sport and try to see the beauty of what what it is. Uh, sometimes um, I feel like with the football side of things, there's there's a lot of politics, a lot of egos, and all this sort of stuff, and. Uh, sometimes it doesn't go the way that it's meant to. And Yeah, you're um, too nice to get can. immersed in that world, Ash. <laughs> oh, mate, you're yeah, too definitely. nice. Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't want to tarnish myself. <laughs> JJ <laughs> and I don't give us stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but look, I, I mean, I, I know that uh, there's some good people now in the Federation that know a lot about football. Uh, I think it's good to have football people in, in positions that can help grow something. Rather than have someone that really doesn't know much about that, Archie, what have you made of closer to home? What have you made of the the A League's decision to to send the grand final or sell the grand final effectively to Sydney for the next three years? What where have you landed on that one? 
Oh, well, look, mate, it's a, it's a hard one. I, obviously, hearing the backlash from players and fans, yep. and um, it, it's understandable because uh, I, I know it's a little bit different with AFL, NRL. I think it's like because you know that you're going to play your grand final at the uh, MCG. Yep. So that's just always been implemented there. But I just think with our code, it's always been, and I know that uh, even Danny Townsend said, well, our league hasn't been for that long. Well, hang on, it actually has been because we're, if we're, we were talking about the old NFL days, we're yep. talking about like it's always been home ground advantage. You work hard um, and, 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 you, and you get that and then fans ha- are able to enjoy it and, and th- that buzz around the city for that week is awesome um, and, and, and it's good and, and maybe fans don't have to dig in their pockets again to travel somewhere they know that's going to be home. Uh, but then I can also maybe see the other side of it where we need an injection of money. Uh, we maybe need to try something different. And, and it's funny because fans and maybe players always sort of scream out and ask, oh, we need to do something. We need to do something different. As soon as someone tries to do something different, they get angry. <laughs> like, I, 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 that's why I stay away from it all. But I, I, I hope that it gets uh, sorted out quickly because I know that there's been a process maybe that going to happen at the game um, Saturday, which is already sold out and the league maybe. I think fans are thinking about leaving 20 yes, odd minutes yeah, or something. 20 like minutes in, yeah. Yeah, I hope they don't do yeah, that. It'll but be an ugly they, look. Oh, mate, it will. And, but if they do, um, I think we should cancel the game and maybe I'm going to have a night off. It's, I mean, I, whatever, <laughs> whatever works, mate, whatever works. But I, I, I hope it doesn't. I hope it doesn't affect it. So, mm. Arch, World Cup, the final, what is the moment we're going to be looking for? Uh, I feel like it's going to be. A, mag- a moment of magic for Messi. Like, the- oh, that's the three M's. Moment of magic for Messi. <laughs> Bang. <laughs> <laughs> MMM. Oh, God, that sounded good. No, look, oh, I think uh, it really is just uh, suited for him to go out um, on top as, he sh- as, he- as he's-, he's just a superstar, absolute superstar. Well, so you've, you've heard it here first. Uh, Archie Thompson, SEN uh, football commentator, analyst, expert, says – Messi's magical moment will decide the 2022 FIFA World Cup. Uh, Archie, thanks so much for giving us a few moments of your time. Good luck with the uh, with the final on Monday morning. Uh, just a couple more days of 2 a.m. starts. And thanks so much for jumping on with us and you can get some sleep. Okay, thanks, boys. Cheers. Have a good weekend. Cheers, Archie. There's Archie Thompson, uh, former Melbourne Victory superstar. Kick, he kicks five or six in a grand final. Come on, Rod, you five in he a... Does, he does hold that, a world record, though. What's that the equivalent to in our sport? Oh, yeah. 16? Yeah, 15? yeah. That's a heap. Have to be, wouldn't it? He's got the world record in, in international scoring. Unbelievable. Yeah, well, it was... A, I'm not sure. I think it was Papua New Guinea. He's got... What's that one, Rod? 13. 13. <laughs> He's kicked 13. 13, uh, Rod. registered... 13! 13! <laughs> Are we allowed to play that still? Oh. Uh, we can still play it, yeah. okay? He's, he's still he's still on the books for now. Uh, so Archie Thompson, he says Messi's magical moment will decide the FIFA World Cup. Let's get to the news, and we'll be back with plenty more. Oh, I can see our man Paul from uh, Brick Lane. He's out the back, ready to uh, join us, Derm. We'll talk some Brick Lane Brewing uh, in a few moments. Time. All right. Archie Thompson made a few. He just got to back himself with those stats, whether they're right or wrong. <laughs> you just go with them. Just bluff your way through? Bluff. I tell you what, do they come for you on the text if, if, oh, you, if you get do one bluff. wrong. If you get one wrong. And there's a few there's a few there's a few texts coming through, forty yeah. weeks temper texts about pathways and those types yeah. of things. Do you think this is relevant 
from a from a soccer point of view, Australians struggle to get the head around the the, the diving per se, if you want to call it that, the yeah. flopping. Do you think that's real or not? I do. Uh, yeah, from from what I yeah know of the sport, yeah, um, and, and it's used in several forms of tactic. Yeah, uh, the time advantage. The one I. I don't know whether the, the and again we're we're probably you know, um, rusted on football fans. World game fans are going to probably think we're talking nonsense. The one that I struggle with is the deliberate and and consistent time wasting when a team's up one nil or two one or they they hold onto the ball and they throw it away in out you know clearly in that sport fifty mm. meter penalty. But whether there's something that 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 can be done in soccer to because play, players shouldn't just be able to throw the ball away. To waste time, yeah. Uh, uh, what a, what that, a, does what that a, that doesn't come into injury time, though, does it? Does oh, that eat into it? It's just an ugly look for the game. It's just, it's nonsense. Yeah, I do. I do know the people who are my mates who love the sport. They say that Australians we don't use it well enough as a tactic. Yeah, taking the dive and. Get it, and, and if you do it enough, and it's it's exaggerated enough, the umpire will eventually. Well, cave that's the in argument and, for yeah. it, isn't it? Mm. That it, that it it's a, a tactical advantage, and you do not allow the opposition to get their mojo on if you stilt play yep. in that fashion. So, yeah, it is very difficult for an Australian to actually absorb himself into that way of thinking. That, and I even believe that the Melbourne teams. Because we're so strong in our football yep. background, and you know, there's a real besmirching <laughs> flavour bestowed upon somebody in in Australian rules football if they do take a dive. That sort of carries through society and leaks out the other end into the soccer right. fraternity of this state as well. I, I told you we'd well, not we. We'd I'd say something wrong. You don't. This is off uh, Rob from Cheltenham. JJ, you don't kick goals in soccer. You score goals. Because it can what? come off your head. It's football. So you have to... Oh, yes. can come off your there's, head or your chest. There's a distinction. Or your back. But you can kick them. Or but you it's can. Just you can score. But the, the term way. is score goals. So I apologise for that. Uh, let's... I need to go and just... You can't do away with his kick to goal. Yeah, well, that's... Yeah, I suppose... Yeah, it's more common vernacular. I told you we'd get it wrong. Uh, Yeah, they come for you. Dancing with the devil, talking about (laughs) uh, soccer, something we know not enough about. Uh, Let's get a break out of the way because Paul Paul Bowker from Brick Lane is going to join us to talk about something you and I enjoy uh, plenty of, Derm. Probably not too much, just the responsible amount. That's beer. Oh, rubbish. I love it. Oh, we're in for a treat uh, at the moment. We're just tucking into a little... A nice little uh, drink that will get Paul Bowker, the managing director of Brick Lane Brewing, uh, to tell us more about One Love Pale Ale available at your nearest bottle shop. Drink responsibly. Uh, Paul and Leo, your young fellas here as well. Thanks for coming in. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Great to be here. Uh, it is, uh, and this is a nice. Tell us about what you're doing. Uh, Andy and I were down at uh, Brick Lane a few months ago now. Uh, tell us what you're uh, what you're up to at the moment and this nice little drink that you've got in front of us. Yeah, well, at the moment, it's it's all go. I mean, it's summer. You probably wouldn't know it at being outside no. in Melbourne at the moment. But uh, but regardless, it is summer and people are drinking a lot more beer. So we're in a 24-7 production. 
Um, and it's just a matter of keeping up at the moment. Uh, you, you, you with the boys and Brick Lane. Uh, I've been to Brick Lane in London. Yeah. Is that where you got the name from? No, it, it wasn't. But there is a Brick Lane in London, and yeah. uh, you can get a decent curry and a beer there as Correct. well. Correct. Um, <laughs> and there were a lot of breweries there back in the day, like the biggest breweries in the world. But is that why? No, it wasn't. It's just a coincidence. So it's more about the laneways of Melbourne. Like we're from the city, yes, yeah. And we just awesome. wanted a place where everyone's welcome. Everyone can go. You can go to a good restaurant or a food van or. Whatever in a lame way, everyone's welcome there. Now, I'm a spirit drinker and a ginger beer drinker. You've brought in <laughs> Sunsetter. Alcoholic ginger beer. We'll have a crack at this. There you go. There right. you go. All right. Commentating now, on Now, Derm, you spoke about not you know, feeling uncomfortable uh, talking about something because you feel like you're being uh, paid or pushed to. I, As of 15 minutes ago, if you had have said to me, do you want to have a ginger beer? I would have said, no way. This is delicious. Yeah, it's delicious. Um, it, uh, this is it's a taste of summer, really. Yeah. Um. So we went to quite a bit of effort with this. So we've got real ginger juice from Butterham in Queensland. Yep. Um. So fresh ginger. That's why you get a bit of spice and a bit of heat. Um. Nothing over the top. And no. then not over the top. No, I've tasted no. hotter and 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 I do. Lo- it's one of those things, ginger beer, where you can love that taste, but it's so peppery on the palate. One is you stop at one. Now this is. You haven't got a six pack, have you? No, well, this, well <laughs> you could. You no, know, you touched on it. So, like, yeah. there's some great ginger beers out there, like Royal Jamaican, which is super peppery. Yep. Um, the idea was this: is you could have a sip of it, or you know, a can, or, or have a session. Yeah. Um, and feel fresh after every one. So, a little bit of spice, real, real sugar, real cane, cane sugar in there. Um, and it's just a beautiful, clean drinking beer. Are you the Are you the uh, brains behind the operation? Have you got people? You know, clearly, you. Yeah, willing to to try different things and come up with different drinks, and this is uh, another example of that. Is are these all your ideas? No, and they they can't be. Like we've got about a hundred brains down there right. at the moment. So, and everyone's <laughs> got their personal preferences. Yeah. So the idea is, uh, you get all these awesome ideas thrown at you, and you just need to distill everything down. So, this product actually came from um, our sales team up in Queensland. Um, they love drinking these type of things, and particularly some of the Jamaican ginger beers. And we thought. Great. Well, let's take that and turn it into an Australian version made with Australian products. So how long has the Sunsetter alcoholic ginger beer been on the market? And well, how's it going? This is its first summer. So uh, we released it earlier this year um, and it's going it's going great guns. So it sells well in cans. It sells well on tap. It's in tap in a lot of venues. Um, you can get it at Dan Murphy's major outlets and it's, um, yeah, it's one of our our big growth products. Because I've been drinking ginger beer for quite a few years and, as I said, also a spirit drinker and probably been going on it for five years. Five years ago, you probably had a choice of two, maybe three um, matzos. That was quite popular five years ago, but it's yep. hard to get now. Um, and they are growing. The, yeah. the, 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 the marketplace, the share in the marketplace is suggesting that Ginger beer is really, really popular now. There's a lot of competition. This is a good one. Yeah, it is. And, you know, and there's a lot of different types as well. So Matzo's is a, is a great ginger beer. I find um, it a little peppery. A I'm little sorry peppery. to the people at yeah. Matzo's, yeah. but it's just a little peppery for my for my taste. Yeah, I, I don't mind it. And it's, it's a mid-strength. A lot of ginger beers are three and a half because they went in sort of quite mild. As, as we do, we take a different approach. So we've gone full on in. It's a full 4.6, full strength. Um, drink and uh, yeah, it's just uh, reading on the can 1.3 standard drinks. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I'm loving it. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking, looking for a, looking for a few more. Uh, now I asked about the weather because uh, are you guys really uh, you know people like to you know when it's warm people like to have a drink. You, 
you're, you're waiting for the weather to turn so people are, are drinking in their droves or are you still quite busy at the moment? Yeah, I mean, people drink beer all year round. I mean, e- even when it's cold, like you'll go into the front bar and you'll have a few schooners um, or pot, pots or pints. Um, so beer's an all-year product. Um, in winter, we'll, we'll release darker, heavier beers like porters and stouts and, you know, some stronger beers and they sell really well. Um, but really all the, all the fun's in summer. I mean, that's when people are out and about and they're socialising and they're having barbecues and that's what you want to see. So, so go, go down. You're, you're out at Dandenong? Yep. Okay. So, and you're a, a Victorian, uh, how many people do you employ out there? Uh, we've got about over a hundred people now. That is um, awesome. Yeah. For a new so, business, it's pretty good. That is absolutely awesome. So you've got supplying a life to uh, lifestyle to a hundred people out there, over a hundred people out there. So why wouldn't we get on board and go for the local product? Uh, because it's bloody good. That's if you if fantastic. you like your ginger beer like me out there, this is really good. That's great. And even um, the, uh, the ginger beer is a bit different because it's you know, it's a tropical product. But yeah. um, all our beers, ninety nine percent of the malted barley comes out of Victoria. The hops come out of Victoria. Um, come up so, near uh, the hills, up near yeah, the King, King Valley, out, yeah. out that way. Um, and yeah, all the maltings come out of you know Geelong, so it's very very local product, and we employ local people. It's a it's a good operation. Uh, a gluten free drink as well. We got a te- uh, question off the text, uh, Dermy or to Dermy, ask if there's a gluten free option. Yeah, well, this is gluten free. There you go. So um, there's no there's no uh, wheat or. Um, barley or other products in it. That's awesome. I had no idea what that means, but uh, that's awesome. Oh, oh, two. There you go. There's your end. And the uh, last time, or when uh, Andy and I came down to the uh, down to Dandenong, we uh, we took home some uh, One Love Pale Ale. Still, still very popular, I imagine. Yeah, it's popular that, with Andy and that, I. That was the first beer we ever released, and it was one of those things we struck lightning on the yep. first beer, and it's our biggest seller, and, and we love it. I yeah. would have thought Andy would have gone for a shandy. <laughs> not because it rhymes, just uh, there's yeah. nothing wrong with a good shandy on no, a hot day no, either. No, nothing so. at all. In uh, yeah, you young fellow Leo, following in your footsteps one day, or yeah, well, well, we'll see what happens. But he's he's been down here for the last week or so, and uh, hard yeah, worker, ha- hard worker. He's uh, been uh, working behind the bar in the brewery on the pack line, so he's he's been getting his hands dirty. Oh, we Good love that. It. We love that. Uh, so well, this is uh, can I just say this again? This is awesome. So you got a dad running the running the gig. Yes, and he's a local man. Yes. he's a he's a dad. He's helping to employ a hundred people in the community, and it's a good product. Why? How do we get it? How do, how does somebody who's sitting out there at the moment got their little bottle shop? How do we? How yeah, do we well, get them to stock it? You know, most of the beers are around. They're in um, they're in the major, so you can go into like a Liquorland, a First yep. Choice, a Dan Murphy's, and a lot of the specialty stores have it as well. So we're pretty available. If you can't find it, just get onto our website and we we deliver awesome. um, pretty quickly as well. Uh, another question off the uh, from Jeremy off the Forty Winks Temper. Can you ask if there is a zero option, zero alcohol option? Yeah, we do. We have a um a beer called Sidewinder. Sidewinder, um, which is zero alcohol, and um it comes. It's an XPA, um, but we also do flavored versions, lime, passion fruit, and again, it's a really fresh, bright, bright beer. It's nice. It become popular the zero alcohol, hasn't it, across the board? Yeah, it's still it's still small. Like it's only yeah. a couple of percent of the beer market, but yeah. it's growing quickly, and it um it just gives people lots of options. Yeah. And I'll yeah. often go out and have. You know, a couple of full strength beers, and then wedge in a no alk, and then have another couple of full strengths, and yep. it's a good way of doing it. Yep. So there you go, Paul. I was talking to uh, JJ a second ago. No surprise off the our text. No surprise. Ginger nuts likes ginger beer. 
you got to wear them sometimes, Jay. Yeah, you got to cop them. Yeah. Uh, you wouldn't be uh, take it on the chin. You wouldn't be on this station if you didn't have to cop a few. Well, Paul and Leo, thanks for coming Good in. Good on you, Leo. Uh, Cheers, Josh. Cheers, delicious. Uh, deli- the sunset, uh, delicious. Tastes uh, summer, mate. Tastes Bru- summer. As Bruce would say, absolutely delicious. So, thanks for coming in and uh, giving us a few a few minutes of your time. Thanks, guys. Good, and it's done. My it hand. is. Uh, let's get a break out of the way. We're approaching five o'clock. We're almost we're almost out of here. Delicious. Ah, just approaching five o'clock on this lovely Thursday. This is kind of the unofficial last week of the year, isn't it? Next week doesn't count, does it? Uh, it counts if you're driving home and you've got the radio if you're working, on. If you're yeah. working next week. Dead um, air ain't going to sound great if you turn your radio no, on. No, it's been yeah. done before, though. <laughs> <laughs> hey, here we go. Here's from uh, caller 191. He mentions a great mate uh, of us and the show and, and myself. Uh, did a long lunch with Rodney Hogg on the coast, sponsored by Brick Lane. Oh. So well done to the boys there. And Hoggy, one of the great guys of sport. And he was that absolute nutter with the fastball. Loved Hoggy. Uh, honest, this is honest. If 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 you had said to me before the segment, you're gonna we're gonna give you a ginger beer and you'll Well, I saw I'll, your face change I when would have they said, said ginger beer. You sort of got a it looked like you'd, you, you'd somebody'd peed on your tongue, and you'd gone. Mm. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll, you, I'll you actually grimaced at peed the thought. On your tongue. Oh well, you know, like take, lick yeah, the bottom yeah. of a bird cage. You uh, just... I've got a bucks party on Saturday. Up, Thomas Dullard. You know Tommy Dullard. Tommy Spud. It's his bucks party on Saturday. He's fourteen. I know. He's, he looks fourteen. He's in in preparation for his wedding in ten years. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, looks fourteen. I'll Spud. be looking for a uh, yeah. sunsetter. On, the, on Saturday afternoon? Well, I can get my hands we're on We're down one. a couple here. Yeah, oh, well, it was. I think you've had my allotment. You've knocked them off. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk a little bit of footy after the uh, five o'clock news because you touched on the pathway and you've got a strong view on yeah. on the p- pathways. And then we've had a few people want to talk about the Hawks as well. So yeah. we've got to do that. And just quickly, this text What food can I eat with ginger beer? You don't. Just Liquid. drink all the ginger beer. Uh, All right, so we're going to talk some uh, porks because they've been in the news over the past little while and the AFL pathway. Ah, no, no, Andy and no Gozi. Josh Jenkins and Dermot Burton in the chair. And we are getting some lovely texts. Uh, uh, Miss Rodney Malcolm on SEN, so do we. Another one. Ginger beer is gold, JJ. It is. Mix it with Caribbean rum. So when you you mix... Yeah, I've had a couple. (laughs) When you mix rum... With ginger beer, yes. it becomes a dark and stormy because that's what the old sailors used to drink up on deck on a dark and stormy dark night and stormy in their night. rations. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're here for Robot Building Supplies. Robot's got it, and Berwick BMW. Berwick BMW's pre-owned sale event is on this weekend, so get down there and check out everything Berwick BMW have got to offer. Now, Derm, the Hawks have been in the news on field, off yep. field. Yep. Uh, what are you making of it all as someone who's clearly got uh, ties and love and passion for the Hawthorne Footy Club? Where are you at with everything? So I think all of us who sit in a similar seat yep. to me and, and look at it from the outside, uh, you could probably gather the way I had hoped it would have gone. Uh, didn't want to throw my head in the ring and say, oh, I'm backing this person. Yep. I had hoped for an outcome. Andy Gowers, who is a good mate, lovely man, has the job, and I yep. wish him all the best. And I sincerely hope he does incredibly well. Uh, 
came into the competition, oh, sorry, co uh, the competition for the presidency under the banner of Hawks for Change. Uh, and for me, I couldn't work out why you would want Hawks for Change when you had a football department that had clear and concise direction for the first time in four years. So that was on track. Yep. And you had an unbelievably brilliant financial position set up by the previous. So I, I don't know why you'd want to change that. But that's what the constituents have voted for. Yep. So I'm wishing Andy all the best and hope he does a brilliant job because that's what we want as yes, a club. of course, yep. Not off to the best of starts because I think he's already, in the space of 24 hours, lost his most valuable asset on the board in Richie Vandenberg. Right, yeah. To yep. find a true, astute businessman who was a, a player, a former player, but not only a former player, a former captain. Yes. They are as rare as hen's teeth. An astute, real businessman who was a former captain, and he's a leader of men, Richie. Um, I don't know him incredibly well. I've spoken yep. to him a few times. I had held hopes in the recent years that Richie one day would become president himself. Okay. But the way this played out was a bit of playing the man by both sides. Yep. Both sides did it. And Richie, true to his courage <clears throat> of his conviction, said, well, I can't work with this I'm side. Out. They've yep. played me, played me as the man as part of this. So yep. I can't work with them. So they've, I think they've lost their most valuable asset on the board on day one. Well, that'll be something that needs to be rectified quickly. Uh, on the on their Hawks for Change website, I want to ask you, the first line, it says, what is Hawks for Change? The first line to me is interesting. Now, clearly, I'm I haven't read this, so I'm flying blind here. Go well, I'm it. a complete outsider. No vested interest at all in the Hawthorne Footy Club. But the first line is, we believe Hawthorne's best days are before us. Is that a, is that a little disrespectful to the success on and off the field that the Hawks have had in recent memory? Not We're not talking, you know, a long time ago. Uh, I don't know if it's disrespectful. It, it probably, is that reading too much into it? Well, let's be honest. Or is uh, that just, uh, you know, that's what we hope is going to happen. I, I just wonder whether it's a bit dismissive of the very, very successful times that the Hawthorne Footy Club has had in the in past 20 In the last 60 years. years, there is no team, no club that has had the success of Hawthorne. And won, I don't know that it would be close They've won 13 premierships in 60 years. Uh, over you, you break it down into any decade, they are the most successful apart from the last um, six years. They hold sway over everyone over all those decades of prominence. So, yeah, it's tough to actually assert that, but I don't get upset by hearing that. No, that's the, clubs are in the business of selling hope. Absolutely, no, and, and you can no understand doubt. that. That's good on them. Sell the hope. I think that's. Almost, what, uh, that's probably a good thing that you, you look at it that way, and that's that's what they aspire to. What about moving forward? Uh, uh, they've got to find a new captain. Jack Gunston's gone. Lamb Shields mm -hmm. is gone. Uh, Tom Mitchell goes. So, uh, what 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 are your expectations, or do you have any expectations of the Hawks on field for next season? Uh, well, we're expecting pain. This gee, we used to ask this question every every meeting when I was on the board. <laughs> And I would turn around and suggest to some of the other board members who were fantastic at their portfolios and, and, and football wasn't their strongest, our existence is to win football, but it's a build. Yeah. And as yep. I mentioned to Andy yesterday, 
The very good teams are getting older in average age. For 30 years, 1980 to 2010, there were 24 teams who won the premiership under 26 years of age. So that suggests a strong inkling towards average age, 24, 24 and a half. In the last 12 years, nine out of the 12 have been, been 26 and a half years or older. So they're getting older, the better teams. So we, it, it places us probably another half year to a year, if you can term it that yep. way, away from true success again, given that we're just we're going to go through a, a, a total rebuild. So there is our suggestions. Some coaches struggle to go right through a rebuild and up the other side, unless they're a Kevin Sheedy or, or a Mick Malthouse or the like. So it will be tough. Uh, but I do like the direction that the football department has taken. Uh, can you give me some Hawthorne's a club? I just, you know, doing some AFL Nation stuff. I called a few Hawthorne games this year. They're young guys. They're guys I uh, perhaps they are, and you, you know, you've got those young guys who are very, very good players, but you don't notice them a lot. I feel like Hawthorne have got a few of those. Have you got a few in mind that you've seen, you know, first, second, third, fourth year players who you think can? can be the ones that, that drive the club into the next phase or do they still need to find a few difference makers? Yes, you still got to find a few more. The, the young kid, Sarong, is, I think, we've only seen him a couple of times at the top level. He looks to be a real talent, but you don't want to you don't want to put pressure yeah. on him so he's the next thing. Mitch Lewis is the one. Mitch yes, Lewis yeah, yep. looks like a taller version of, of Tom Hawkins mm, to me. Yep. At 30 years of age... And, and the way he plays, I think he can be a you know two hundred and fifty game player. He's going to be brutally big. Yeah, Tom. He's Hawkins. a big boy. <laughs> Tom Hawkins big. You, yeah. you've been yeah, out there. Yeah, you've yeah. stood next to him. Tom's a big. He's boy. going to be yeah. Tom Hawkins big. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, he's the one you'd you'd uh, you'd say they're going to base the forward line around. Look, as, as I was just embarking on saying, when you talk to some of those other board members. You'd say we can improve and not win as many games. It doesn't yeah. sound right, yeah. but it is true. Yeah, you, you actually can improve. You can get more miles into the young players and see them improve and not win as many games. So it's measured in. It's a success business. Yeah, of course. Yeah. When you're in the market to uh, the windows open to win premierships, uh, at least outwardly, Sam Mitchell seems like a. A head coach who knows exactly what he wants to go after and he's willing to concede some pain. What I will say is I remember a game against Port early last year yep. where Hawthorne went over there and played some of the, the slickest kicking footy I've seen or that I saw all year. So from Sam Mitchell's point of view, he seems like he knows exactly what he wants to go after, which is which is crucially important as well. We've seen teams not be able to build a game style to go along with the talent. You, you tend to take on, I find that most coaches, young coaches, tend to take on a semblance of the coach that they have spent the most time under and hold the most respect for. Yeah. Clarko, for all that his wants as a coach, loved footballers who could kick the footy. Mm. And if you look at, and I don't know enough about them, I've seen the top liners out of this year's draft, but he has <clears> gone for players, young men who can seriously kick, kick yeah. the ball. Yeah. So that's that seems to be his bent as well. He's got his other little quirks that he likes as a coach and he's going to be given a definite amount of time. So I'd say to Hawks, I mean, I hope we win as many games, maybe even one or two more. But if they don't, 
look for the areas that you know there is improvement yeah. in. Yeah. This is a seem hard. Uh, O'Meara and Mitchell, we've let them go. Gunston, I would have loved to have kept. And O'Meara and Mitchell were fantastic players, wonderful players. But for what we gave up at the time, and you think there's 18 teams, and those boys did incredibly well for Hawthorne. Yeah. They were fantastic. But at no time, notwithstanding 1-1 of Brownlow, if you were to pick the 18 best midfielders in the comp, would they make it into the best 18 no. midfielders in no. the comp in the last three years? Now, they're incredibly good players. They've had games that you say, that's wow. Yeah, of course. Unbelievable. Like Mitch would rack up 45 possessions in a game. But could you say for the block, the the – the body of work right now, are they in the 18 best players in the comp? Because what they gave up for them was a hope and a want that they were that good a player. Last one. Let me ask you, are you are you comfortable that uh, Hawthorne are going to be paying a portion of those guys' salaries to play elsewhere? Is that something you've got your head around? Yeah. You have to get your head around that. You, you don't <laughs> want to. The more you... The more you can exit out of those yeah. those strategies, the better. But you have to get your head around it's going to happen. Like Connor Nash, we don't know yet how big this six foot five motoring bloody ramming yeah. jet can he play? We don't know because he can't spend enough time in there while you do have yeah. fantastic yeah. players like. Uh, Tom Mitchell and, and who, have, who demand to play there. Yeah, and and then you get John Newcomb who went past it. Well, John Newcomb's a free hit. Yeah, he came in the mid-year draft. Had they gone back to his year of draft, now he's going top ten. If you revisit that, oh draft. yeah, so yeah, he's yeah, a free yeah, hit yeah, for them. Yeah. Um, so you have to find and make space while you're at this stage of your evolution for players like Connor Nash, so he can spend time in the midfield because at 197 centimetres and 97 kilos and can seriously travel. <laughs> You'd hate him to go somewhere else and say he didn't Turn, have yeah. enough enough exposure yeah. and look what they've done down there with him. Yeah. Uh, this is a this is a very uh, – this is a great perspective from JD in Kingsbury. I'm a Hawks member and losing next year, like the previous few, isn't pain. It's exciting watching these young guys grow. You can't win all the time, so it's easier to be able to enjoy the football for what it is. That's a great point of view. Yeah. Uh, who's your favourite Hawks player on the list? Right now? Me? Right oh. on the list. Is it Lewis? Any, I, I do think the kid's going to grow on it, yeah. Um, it was Cyril, of course. <laughs> well, you're going to have to find. It's been I'm going to have to find someone. No, it years. is James Sicily. James Sis, Sicily. I just I like be captain next year. He should be. He's grown. He's still got that edge where he he's slightly dangerous in heated moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's a beautiful kick of the footy. There's going to be a he's lot a of fantastic uh... player, and and I don't know about you, JJ, but the blokes who could go off tap. <laughs> Campbell Brown texted yeah, you before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know they're invested. Yes. Now, yeah. James could go the wrong way occasionally in the past with what his antics were, but you know he was emotionally invested beyond what the pay grade suggests. Yeah. Well, you've coached football teams and you'd rather have players who care too much than not enough. Correct. The, the, the other way is devastating. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Indeed, we're here for Robot Building Supplies. Robot's got it in Berwick BMW. Berwick BMW's pre-owned sale event is on this weekend. Last one on the Hawks. 
And it comes from yeah. Alan on the road. Al, you wanted to talk about the Mighty Hawks with Mighty Derm. <laughs> G'day, guys. Listen, uh, I, I was uh, I was just, I was going to ask you because I don't think you answered um, uh, Derm's question in terms of who's your favourite player. And the other thing I wanted to say is the most awesome fans and members I've spoken with their feet. I think there's about eighty-five thousand members, which is the highest. So that's a good sign, given the fact that obviously we don't expect to do so well this year. My question to Derm and you is, just a quick query, do you think it matters that when you're picking good top 10 players, they're actually Hawthorne fans? Does that matter? Is that gonna, are they going to be more invested because they are? Because the guy who came from Geelong, top 20, I think it was top 10 or something. Trevor Stevens. He's a Hawthorne fan. Yeah, Josh Ward is, and so is the new guy, McKenzie. Do you think it matters if a player who supports a team all his life actually gets to go to that team? Because I, I would think that that would be the ultimate you know, situation, wouldn't it? Oh, there's no doubt that there's a synergy there, but to be totally and utterly honest, Alan, I don't think it really matters. Nah. If you're a young kid, your dream is to play league football. That's your Who did direction. you follow when you were a Collingwood. young fella? I was a mad and rampant. And, and the minute you walked through Colling- the doors at Hawthorne, you were... It took two weeks. We played Collingwood in my second game. In the under-19s, and the Collingwood fullback punched me in the back of the head a couple of times. I thought, oh, I hate him. I'm not going for these yeah, blokes I, anymore. I was, rich... I was wrapped to be playing against Collingwood. Right. I thought, I hope they can recruit me at some stage. And I, bang, <laughs> half time, I'm over. Well, I was a Richmond fan, and I the, and I, I disliked Essendon. And the moment I walked through the door at Essendon, I loved the joint straight yeah. away. Yeah, I think most most play. It you helps. absorb into it. Well, yeah. that, you know what else happens, What's and it? Alan. It'll be for whoever turns up at the club. I turned up at the club, and by four months' time, we start pre-season training after I got called into the under-90s mid-season. I'm doing a pre-season training, and I'm running next to a bloke called Lee Matthews. How, <laughs> yeah. how could yeah. you not want to be there? Uh, I was the exact – Job Watson was the one for me. Well, I was, uh, no, yeah. uh, with respect to Job, not quite Lee, but a very <laughs> a, a brown low medals as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Uh Good question, though. I can uh, test cricket, yeah. Australia v. Oh, yeah. the, the real, the, the the fluff stuff's over. The Windies yeah. have gone home. Yeah. Well, we talked about it yesterday, Andy and I, for yes. a little bit. The boy who's going to do the most damage against Australia, Nortia. Yes. He's brutally quick. And he might not take the most wickets. Rabada is a star and quick enough himself and has some anger when he bowls and does it with some clever uh, line as well, but he can be a a, a bully with yep. the pill. But the lad Nortier, he is so quick. There's a few flaws that we saw. Um, Alzari Joseph exposed a few of the Australians. Not exposed, they made hundreds upon hundreds yeah, 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 and yep, whatever. Yep, yep. But there were moments when you looked at him and said, they're uncomfortable against this. And if this young man was a little bit more experienced and knew how to set up for some vicious bowling that gets them by surprise once every 10, 12 deliveries, he's going to have them on the back foot. Now, it might get them out, but what it does is creates a little bit of uncertainty that I think the other bowlers can capitalise on. So don't think we're going to make 450 of the first innings if we bat first. I, I tend to think, you know, we get somewhere between 330 and 380 and an opening. Yep. First innings, I'd I'd be wrapped with that. Uh, the bowling, we've got an embarrassment of riches with our bowlers, of course. Josh Hazelwood will miss with a side strain. Yeah. But fully fit, 
uh, Jared Whiteley was on his own show. He appeared on his own show as a guest. Um, yeah. uh, he was saying that the, the pecking order has changed because of the brilliance and, and consistency and what Boland's done in his opportunity. Uh, fully fit, how would you pick the, the, the pace attack? I love Glennie Boland, and he played down at Frankston Heat, the nicest bloke in the world, and his form is insanely good. But when uh, my belief, and Jared and I... When we're in at Fox Footy, yeah. half the time we talk cricket talk. because in footy season the Australians are over away overseas and they're on a, a, a no west tour, so we just talk cricket. I'm a little different. I think your bowling attack has to have structure. Now, can Glenn can Boland Glenn Boland um, Scotty he, Scotty Boland can he open bowl for Australia? He can, but he's not your ideal test opening bowler. Neither is Cummins. Mm. I think for balance, you need the height and the 135 plus KPH of a Hazelwood. Glenny, oh, sorry, uh, Scotty Boland can come. <laughs> I keep doing it. He was a Melbourne player in the 80s, Glenn Boland. Um, but Scotty Boland can come in and do it. But I just think the size, the shape, the way that you want to structure up your bowling attack, you need that Hazelwood type. Uh, I'm back tomorrow. You're not. Scoops no. with me. Later. See ya.